are God's good creation because everything that God created is intrinsically good and therefore you are God's good creation. Yes, you are flawed and have been wounded by sin, sin that you've chosen, but sins also that were done against you. But that does not diminish the fact you are still His good creation, designed to do good things in this world. Whatever sin has stolen from you, God desires to redeem it. Not only will God redeem those damaged areas, but He also desires to replace them with strength, wisdom, and purpose. Because you matter to God. And I want to choose right. I ask you to forgive me, which means to release me from that sin, to restore me from that sin, that sin that has now tangled me up. And that that picture is throughout scripture of being tangled up by our sin. God untangles us from the sin. And in our repentance, we say, I want to not choose that again, God. Teach me, reshape me, retrain me so that my default pattern is true through you. That is the repentance process. It is not just saying, I am sorry. It is saying, I was wrong and I want to live in your truth. God welcomes us in his presence. He desires full harmony. It is us who chooses to live outside of that when we choose to sin, but it does not break our relationship with him. Condemnation does not come in and wrath does not come in, but the free flow of his blessing in and through us absolutely is hindered at that point in time. But what Peter says here is they've forgotten that they've been cleansed from their sins. If you are not developing in this way, you are short-sighted or blind. It means blind means you never have seen this. You cannot see this. Short-sighted means I've seen it before, but because I'm not up against it now, I can't see it anymore. Blind says, this is new to me. Where is this? I can't see it. Perhaps this is your first time to know for sure. And if you need this, read Romans chapters one through eight and read about over and over, especially chapters three through eight, about what God has already accomplished fully for you. You know, for years and years, I was taught that those passages referred to earning salvation through works. But but Paul is speaking there to believers who have already accepted grace through Jesus Christ, but have gone back to believing that they're not truly fully right with God without earning that, that while he squeaked them in under just, just squeaked them into salvation, just let them in by the hair of their chinny chin chin. They are not living in his favor and fellowship because they haven't earned his approval. Sister, you have already received his 100% acceptance of you in your flawed condition. And the fact that you remain 
flawed and still sin after salvation does not change his acceptance. He did not accept you based on, I know you were that way and before salvation and now after salvation, you cannot be that way and be acceptable to me. I lived in that mindset for 35 years. That's what I understood of God. And I understood it entirely wrongly. That is, that is a works dominated mentality, not works for salvation, works for God's blessing and approval. Now, listen, we've already talked about what sin does to us. So this is not a license to sin and have no consequences and to feel like I am, you know, God, God doesn't care that I don't sin. That is not at all what we are saying. That is what uh, is referred to as cheap grace, and it is not grace at all. That is a person who has not at all confronted the depravity of themselves and their complete inability to change themselves. That is not what we are talking about. But we are talking about the fact that God knew this would be a process. And as you read New Testament scriptures, you are going to come upon every over and over and over from every author. This is a process of training and of being rewired, and of learning a new way. It is not one day you're this, and the next day you automatically act 100% different. One day you are an old dead creature, and one day you are a new creature, but the new creature does not know how to live their new life without the power of the Holy Spirit reshaping and reforming them. If you have never known that, then you will have been blind to this and you will not have been able to develop in this. This is what Peter says. Perhaps you have known that. Perhaps that was clearly explained to you in the in the beginning of things, but along the way, because you've made just a few too many mistakes, because you've, you've made U-turns or gone in circles over and over in your spiritual growth and in your personal life. Perhaps you've struggled with addiction or you have been harmed in your life and you find yourself circling back to patterns that are self-destructive, that perhaps have self-loathing involved, perhaps just are humiliated and shamed. And because of those cycles, you feel, you feel like you cannot possibly be acceptable to God. That is short-sighted meaning I can't see that anymore, the truth, because I've come so far away from it. Sisters, this is the good news that Peter says is, you have been cleansed. You have been, not just are being. You have been cleansed. You are being transformed and retrained and rewired. That is the good news. And unless we will choose to respond to God's promise that says, I have been cleansed, if I cannot or will not respond to that with faith, you know, the first quality in this list of eight is faith. I must choose to believe that this is true. If I will not or feel like I cannot, and there is no cannot. Faith is a choice. It is not a feeling. It is a choice. It is a choice to say, this doesn't feel right. But because God says it in scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture, it is his 
truth and I will trust his word. I will not trust my own feelings. So I will choose to believe that. And every time the enemy says that's not true, I will say God's word says it is. God's word says it is. And I believe God's word. When we will respond to that promise, we will grow and develop. It says that by his divine power in verse three, God has given us everything we need for a godly life. Everything, which is point two on your outline. God has given me everything I need to live a godly life through the Holy Spirit in my pursuit. The point is God has given me everything I need to live a godly life. It is given to you. Now, here's what it's like being given tools. It is like being given a checking account. It is like being given resources, treasures. You have to use those things. You know, some of us were given beautiful gifts at at our wedding. Terry and I had We're just as poor as church mice, and he was in college when we got married. And so registering for China was not practical. And what we got were several crock pots and toasters and towels and all that because we needed to set up housekeeping. We didn't get that fine China and stuff. But I did get a couple of very nice um, gifts that we kept that were along those lines of special things. Guess how often I pull those things out to use them? You know what I'm going to say at special occasions, right? At Christmas or Easter or the occasional some sort of special dinner party. But we're so informal around our home that dinner parties are barbecues more than they are fine dining experiences. And so some of us have a closet at home full of beautiful, rich linens. Perhaps they're monogrammed sheets or towels that we will not pull out and use because we are preserving those. They are precious to us. They are valuable to us, but they are not useful to us. Peter tells us here that we have been given everything we need to live a godly life. But sisters, we have to choose to use those things. They are of no good to us if we are not using them. God has given me everything I need to live a godly life. He gives that to us through his Holy Spirit, and he has given us to that as we will pursue that truth and choose to live in that truth. But it is, Peter tells us, our response to those things that gives us that life that we are looking for or not. Verse four says, and because of his glory and excellence, and he's speaking of Jesus Christ, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. These promises we are talking about, promises that we will continue to talk about week after week after week, these promises Give us the ability to live that divine life. Listen, your spirit self will grow as you feast on God's promises. When you take in a steady diet of choosing to believe God's promises over the whispers in your ear that say they are too good to be true, the whispers in your ear that remind you are completely not worthy of those things, the whispers in your ears that say that uh, that works for the sister beside you, but it doesn't work for you because you and I I know what you have been through. 
when you choose not to listen to those things and you choose instead to say, God's word is for me as well as others. When you choose to do that, you have appropriated, you've begun to appropriate those spiritual riches that the the spirit has given us to live the divine life. When you don't believe God's promises, you are believing that natural self and you are not living in that divine nature. You have had, you have been given a divine nature and your sin nature is dead, but you're not choosing to live from that. You're choosing to live from the mind of the world, the, the, the whispers of the enemy and your own natural thought processes that have not been transformed. It is choosing to listen to another voice. It's like when you're driving somewhere and someone on the phone gives you directions versus your GPS gives you different directions. The spirit knows how to lead us, but sometimes we will not listen to that. But when we will, we will begin to live from that divine nature that we have been given and we will be sharing then in Jesus Christ's divine nature. And by doing so, we begin to escape the world's corruption that is caused by those natural human desires. We cannot just trust our natural desires because they will lead us wrong. The world will lead us the wrong way. The enemy will lead us the wrong way. Our natural selves will lead us the wrong way. We learn to hear the Holy Spirit primarily, especially at first through the power of God's word. And it will always be through God's word. But down the road, we begin to sense the leadership of the Holy Spirit that is confirmed in God's word, but it is also led and whispered in our spirits. So Peter says in verse five, in view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises, respond to God's promises. That's number three on your outline. And we say this, my response to God's promises will determine the quality and progress of my spiritual life. My response to God's promises will determine the quality and progress of my spiritual life. If I will not choose to trust, lean into those promises, rather leaning into our own understanding. It says, lean not into your own understanding, but in and everything, you trust him. Lean not unto your own understanding. Instead, lean into God's promises. When we choose our response, we can begin to live more fully in that divine nature that belongs to Jesus Christ. As we do this, we will learn to add to our lives, to our faith. You see that faith is the first thing listed there. You cannot build these qualities into your life until faith is the foundation upon which you are building them. Faith is leaning into. Faith is trust. You cannot build until you lean into God's promises. 
faith is what we build on. That is the foundation, the first quality. Then we begin to build in these other qualities. How I respond will determine the progress and quality of my spiritual life. Perhaps you're dissatisfied with where you are spiritually. I'm, I'm very blessed to have conversations with many different women, and I'm so grieved to hear women have these conversations with me that say, I've been a Christian a really long time, but I'm no farther down my spiritual walk. Only in time, but not in depth and maturity than I was five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Why? They've been coming to church the whole time. Perhaps they've even taken courses. But if you don't begin to respond to God's promises for yourself and choose to build on those promises, they are not your spiritual resources. They're there. They're in your closet. Those treasures are there but you're not enjoying them and you're not building on them. Imagine, if you will, that you have been given some property. Perhaps you've inherited a a property and it has been uh, promised to you that you can build a magnificent dwelling on that property, a beautiful home, and that all those resources will be provided for you. You will be given every single thing you need to build this beautiful home. And that delivery truck from the lumber company and the other building supply companies, they bring you those foundational products and say, you first build the foundation. When you do these next few things, then the foundation will be poured and you can begin to build on that. My sister, if those products remain in that yard, untouched, not used properly, not utilized, the foundation of that house will not be built and the house will not be built without its foundation. Today, what we are talking about is faith as the foundation. If you are not appropriating all the resources God has given you, you have been given everything you need for a life of godliness of growing useful and quality, of growing in grace and peace. Do you want to be full of peace? Do you want to be full of grace? Do you want to be useful? Do you want to be productive? Or do you want to fall away? Because here's what happens. If all of those building materials sit there idling, not only do they not become productive and useful to you, They begin to deteriorate. There are so many passages in scripture where Jesus says some sobering things. If you you will not listen and respond to my truth, it gets harder and harder to hear me, he says. The eyes of your heart become cloudy. The ears of your heart become dull and you can't hear. There's so many passages where, and Jesus talks about if you're given the talent, but you no longer go and invest it. Suppose you just hold on to it. You just got those things sitting out on the backyard and you say, they're still there. They're still there, but they've not been utilized. He says that they will come and get them and take them. There's, there's parables that we, we shy away from because nobody wants to think that that can be true, but it is true. If we are given God's resources and we will not appropriate them, they stop being useful to us. Can that be restored? Yes. 
If today you find that you have been a sister who for 20 years, God's resources have been on that land. You were given the land and you were given the ability. And he said, I will provide this incredible home for you here in the earth, despite what will be in heaven for you. You can build a life of godliness and participate in Jesus's divine nature here while you're on earth before you ever go to heaven. If you have done nothing with that and they've grown mildewy and they've deteriorated and you can't hear God very well anymore and you don't see his touch in your life. Today can be the turning point because Peter says it's how we will respond to these promises that makes every difference. Today, you are under God's word and faced with his truth. If you will not lean into your own understanding, but will lean into God's promises, you have been cleansed. You are accepted before God. You are desired by God. You've been called and chosen by him. You have been given everything you need to live a godly life. You've been given every resource to participate in Christ's divine nature. And you have been given the resources to build a life that is useful and productive. And if you will do these things, my friend, you will not fall away. If you will respond to that truth with yes, no matter what it feels like, no matter what whispers I hear, no matter what my friend says about it, I will respond to God's word. Peter says, you will grow and become useful, productive, and will not fall away. What is this week's challenge? Today's challenge is this, how will I respond? Will I step out in faith and begin to hear God's truths? And as I study his word, as I choose to believe them for me, for my life, I will get those sheets out of the closet. I will get those building materials that are out there and I'll begin to do what God is telling me to do. He has given you a blueprint through his word. You never have to wonder and say, well, I don't know how to do this. He will walk you step by step through it, through the power of his Holy Spirit. Everything you need for life and godliness, if you will respond with Father God, this is your word and it is foundational. We will build nothing if we will not begin to believe this. But God, how many lives would be completely turned around by believing this truth? How many lives would not fall away if they would believe this truth, if I believe this truth, if my sisters believe this truth. God, leave us shaken to our core until we will embrace this. God, don't let us leave this place complacent and not hearing and not responding because by not responding, we are responding. God bless us. We love you. We thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.